Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. I am your host, Laura Reeves. Here at the Good Dog Pod, we are all about supporting dog breeders and responsible dog ownership. We provide dog lovers with the latest updates in canine health and veterinary care, animal legislation and legal advocacy, canine training and behavior science, and dog breeding practices. Subscribe and join our mission today to help give our dogs the world they deserve. Welcome, everyone. I am Laura Reeves, host of the Good Dog Pod. And we at Good Dog are so excited to have you guys join us for this live webinar and Good Dog Pod recording with Dr. Hutchinson. And I will be helping sort of moderate the flow here. Dr. Judy Stella is here to help us catch any questions. Dr. Hutchinson, we are thrilled to have you here. And without further ado, I would like to mention anybody who is not yet a member of our community, please visit www.gooddog.com backslash join as breeder to learn more and also check out some of our other articles and webinars at www.gooddog.com backslash Center. All right. Without any more hesitation, Dr. Hutchinson, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, it's my pleasure. I can't think of a better way to spend a fall afternoon than talking about canine reproduction. I and, agree. Uh, things have just changed so much since I've been doing this. It's always just exciting to get out and talk to different people and answer the questions and hopefully lead to success in both the number of puppies they whelp, the number of bitches they get bred. And also to maybe understand some of the what's going on in their stud dogs and that. That's very common questions that we get on stud dogs. And many people don't understand how the procedure actually works in the mail. So I think that that's great. We're going to spend the first half an hour of our discussion here today-ish talking about stud dogs. Exactly. And so let's start with, can you talk about semen production? Breeders often want to know if there's a recommended length of time between collections, how long it takes to produce and replace semen, and how frequently a dog can be collected. So let's start there, shall we? Yeah, it actually takes a dog 54 and a half days to make a sperm. And when you collect a dog today, and then you collect him tomorrow, you don't get fresh semen that he made last night. You think about a male dog works more like a checkbook that let's say an Irish setter has a sperm reserve of probably 4 billion sperm. And so when you collect a male dog and then ejaculate, he's going to ejaculate an Irish setter roughly around 700 to 750 million sperm. So just simple math tells you, you can probably collect that dog six days in a row if you would need to. The trouble is if you get greedy and over collect the male dog, and drain it, just like draining your checking account, it takes a while to build it back up again. So understanding sperm, sperm production, probably is one of the most important things in having a male dog. A question I always start some of my seminars with is, does a chihuahua have the same sperm count as a Rottweiler? And the answer is, no, they don't. And the testicles are factories. The testicles are factories in that 80% of a dog's sperm count is nothing more than the size of the testicles. So a big dog has big testicles, big sperm counts. A 
a little dog has little testicles, little sperm counts. But it is taken into account when the dog ejaculates how much he puts out. So on an ejaculation, as we said, an Irish setter puts out probably 750 million sperm. A chihuahua may only put out 50 million sperm. A Irish wolfhound with good functioning testicles may put out 2 billion sperm. So first of all, let's talk about what is a normal sperm count for your dog. And some of you are my friends out there. It's good to hear from you again. Other ones I've never met. But I know what your dog's sperm count is if he's healthy. Because a normal sperm count should be 10 million sperm per pound of body weight. So as we say, an Irish setter male, 70 pounds, 75 pounds, 700 million to 750 million sperm. An important thing, though, to know is that he doesn't need that many to settle a bitch. Probably an Irish setter-sized dog probably needs, in some of the studies, maybe 125 to 150 million live normal sperm for conception to occur. So as we talk about what are normal sperm counts, it is a big difference between is my dog reproductively normal or is he fertile? And many times I'll get that where we'll talk to someone about, geez, we need to do a sperm count. And they say, we don't need to do a sperm count because he just sired a litter last week. Well, just again, mathematics from that Irish setter we're talking about, he could be shut down 70% and still be siring litters. So besides the number of sperm, you also have normal sperm. Abnormal sperm does not cause abnormal puppies. Abnormal sperm causes no puppies. So again, that's another part of the sperm count is we have to look at what percentage of our ejaculate is normal sperm. You could have a billion sperm, but if they're all abnormal, you basically have none. So a sperm count is not just how many sperm, but what percent of those are normal. We have to have motility in the normal sperm count because of the fact the sperm has to swim up to the ovary. Conception occurs up in the oviducts or fallopian tubes. It doesn't occur down in the uterus. So the sperm has to be able to swim. But don't fall in the trap of looking under your microscope and saying, oh, they're all swimming. Therefore, he must be good. I have dogs who have 90% swimming sperm that couldn't settle a bitch if their life depended on it. So part of it is how often can we use our mail? How frequently do we need to? Depends on what are we starting out with. If you're starting out with 4 billion sperm, you've got 750 million in an ejaculate, you've got 85% normal, you've got motility of 90%, then that dog's a healthy dog, probably can be collected six, seven days in a row. Another thing people don't realize is fresh semen in the bitch lasts four, five, six days. There's a study out of Colorado State where they found live semen 11 days after they put in a bitch. Mm -hmm. So if you're one of those who I have to breed her every day, you probably don't need to breed her every day. You probably need to breed her every three, four days. And that for you're also conserving sperm too. But as we said, getting back to the original question, even if we have a normal sperm count, a normal dog can be collected six days, seven days in a row without running out of sperm. A normal dog can probably be collected every other day his whole life without running out of sperm. And occasionally we'll have a dog where we have to collect them twice in one day, say we're freezing the semen, 
and that doesn't hurt them either. They say, just think about your checking account, though. If you start writing too many checks, pretty soon the account's empty, same as your dog's sperm count. Where we're seeing problems now is not the average breeder is a lot of sorry, you breed a number of bitches, but your males get days off. But there are certain popular stud dogs that are sending chilled semen every day. And many times you have demands for the dogs where you have two or three people wanting to breed their same bitch on the same day. So you're starting to collect the dog and cut the semen into two or three breedings when you send it. Well, these are the dogs that after a few days, the semen starts to look less creamy, more like water. You start to see more and more immature sperm coming out. Immature sperm are put out by the body trying to keep the numbers up, but they don't kill, they don't freeze, they don't cause puppies. So these are all things that we need to take into account. So there is an art in taking care of a stud dog and managing it properly, but many times just understanding how long the sperm is going to live and also that the dog does occasionally need a break to keep things going. He is turning sperm over in his urine every day. He is therefore supplying new sperm every day, but the total replace of sperm count does take, as you say, almost two months. So those are things that we need to be conscious of, but we need to know what's my dog's sperm count, what percent are normal, what percent are modal. Then you and I can monitor how healthy is my dog. And if your dog's a valuable stud dog or there's demand for him, having a sperm count done at least twice a year is probably a good thing to do. And most dogs are pretty willing donors for a sperm count. You don't have to even hit a vein to get a sample. So these dogs are pretty happy. But just by saying, oh, he is siring litters, therefore I know he is reproductively normal, is fooling only yourself. Okay. These are great bits of information. And you covered our second question a little bit. So I have two, I have a follow-up of my own, and I want to get to the second question. We hear veterinarians tell us over time, you need to do a clean-out collection, right? To get rid of all the dead and twisted. So that's one piece. And then following that up, we talked about the 125 to 150 million live normal to settle a bitch. Do we see differences, and can you explain to the listeners the differences between live cover, fresh chilled, and frozen in terms of those counts? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, first of all, if you don't breed a male dog, there doesn't come a time when you hear a big explosion or sperm all over your ceiling. They are constantly turning it over. So this statement that these dogs need to be cleaned out, and I have a few people I've met in my life, I think their hobby is collecting their dog. But it really isn't an essential thing that he's doing it himself, turning it over. And people say, well, he's going to come and get a semen frozen. We're going to collect him a couple of times to get rid of the old sperm. He's already doing that for us. So I've never met a dog who didn't settle a bitch because he hadn't been cleaned out. A male's first ejaculate is not that less healthier than a second ejaculate. So that probably is a little bit of a fallacy. And the sperm numbers, to get back to that a little bit too, is basically genetically pre-programmed. And that's why I can say most dogs counts are 10 million per pound of body weight. So it's just like if you go and draw blood from 10 dogs, 
most of the blood counts are going to be about the same, even though they may be different breeds because of the fact this is genetically pre-programmed. It is the same in male dogs for their sperm counts. The genetics are what is behind the dog having the 10 million per pound of body weight. Genetics are what are behind the percent normals in that. And just like in the bloodstream, though, if you have a bleeding ulcer, for example, and you're losing blood, eventually the body starts putting out immature cells, trying to keep that number up in the blood count, the hematocrit, the concentration of cells, the fluid in the blood's around 43%. So the body is working hard to keep it up to that level. It's just the same as in sperm counts in dogs that if we start to overuse a male dog, if he starts to have problems, the body starts releasing the sperm cells before they are mature. So oftentimes these are swimming around, but they're not capable of being used. But the way I always think of a sperm is a battery. It has a certain amount of energy. So if we take it right from the stud dog, put it right into the bitch, it's probably going to last, I say, easily five, six days or longer. But then let's say we do something a little more challenging to our battery. We package an extender, we pack ice packs around it, we cool it down to 40 degrees, and we give it to the FedEx man to send to you in Oregon. Well, what happens that sperm doesn't just say, okay, I'm just going to lay here and save my energy. The sperm is constantly using up the energy at the 40 degrees. So it gets to the other end. And even if it was a great count out of that Irish setter, 750 million sperm, 85% normal, it still is only going to last two to three days when we get it to Oregon. Now, let's take frozen semen. Frozen semen is stored at minus 322 degrees Fahrenheit, minus 180 degrees Celsius. It's stored in liquid nitrogen. So if you stuck your finger in liquid nitrogen for 10 seconds, your finger would just fall off. So it takes a lot of energy for that sperm to go down to minus 322 degrees to stay there in almost suspended animation. But they're using a little bit of energy in the tanks. And then when we thought, we thought instantaneously almost back up the body temperature, goes up over 400 degrees Fahrenheit in a matter of one to two seconds. And the sperm is so happy to be warm again, it's swimming all over, but it's used a tremendous amount of energy being frozen and thawed. So frozen semen lasts only about six to 12 hours in the body. So that is why when you say to me, I have my choice. What type of sperm should I use? Should I use fresh, chilled, or frozen? The answer is always of equal quality, you take the semen that's going to live the longest. So if you say, well, I can get a side-by-side or I can have the semen chilled, then you'd always take the semen that's going to live the longest. Where the fallacy comes to that, if you say to me, I can breed to a live dog who's 14 years old, but I can get his frozen semen from when he was two years of age. So I say quality comes in, but of equal quality, you always take the semen that's going to live the longest. It takes that pressure off of you because one of the big reasons bitches miss, remember, from when we talk is semen. So if you're looking at semen quality and timing of the bitch, the longer the sperm lives, 
the less worry you have about having live semen there or live sperm there when the egg is ready to be fertilized. With frozen semen, that's why it's so absolutely challenging because the sperm is only going to live six to 12 hours. It's not going to make up for our breeding mistakes by length of life. So that is why there's so much more of a challenge to frozen semen. But once again, it is just exciting. I'll tell you, I've been doing this for almost 40 years, and it is still so amazing. I just had a litter of boxers recently from semen that had been stored 20 years, 20 years. And these puppies are fabulous puppies, big litter, gorgeous puppies. But the father's been dead 12 years. I mean, just amazing stuff. It is amazing. My mother had the very first litter of frozen semen clumber puppies. So I think it is fascinating. You know, that's always (laughs) been the fun of it. When I started doing this, there'd only been 12 frozen semen litters. And people would come to me and they'd say, you know, that is real exciting, but it won't work on my breed. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I hate to say this. I don't want to offend anybody, but inside, most dogs look alike. You know, (laughs) inside, they look alike. So uh, that's been the fun. You know, we had the first frozen semen litter of Dobermans. Mm -hmm. Well, great, but it didn't work in toy dogs. We had the first frozen semen litter of Yorkies. I mean, just all of that kind of stuff was just made so much fun getting to do stuff and prove to people that you can do what you want. You just have to be willing to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so moving on to our next topic, do we have tips or best practices for breeders that are thinking about doing the collection themselves on their dogs? Yeah. Well, a couple. I, I can tell you my stories, but I'm not going to. No, well, I'll, tell you, well, I'll tell you some of my stories. You know, and some of you heard the same story, but my students and interns, they come in, they're overwhelmed, they're here with us, they're talking to breeders. So I say, okay, go ahead and collect the dog. Well, think about how a natural breeding works. Yes, the dog does have pelvic thrusting. The male guides the os penis into the bitch. And then once it's in the bulbs and gorge, and the tie is there, and then he's not pelvic thrusting anymore. Well, my students, I mean, they're pumping their hands 150 miles an hour. They end up with blisters on their palms from trying to collect these dogs. So really, collecting a dog at home, three things are important. One is that you're going to collect it into something that's not damaging to the sperm. So if you're at home, baggies, baby bottle liners are good things to collect into. I myself have never been a big styrofoam cup guy. I never could answer why that styrofoam dust that floats to the top is beneficial to a bitch. Second of all, you want to be sure you're getting a total ejaculate from your dog. So it is best if you have a bitch in season, something like that. Even if you don't always have bitches in season, sometimes doing vaginal smear swabs and freezing them. Then when it comes to collect the mail, let them thaw out and wipe them on the back, even of a bitch that's not in season. That will many times give the pheromones, the odors to trigger him to do it. And then third, as they say, you want to mimic a natural breeding as you can. So you stimulate the mail a little bit, try to get the sheath behind the bulbs. The bulbs are those baseballs that swell up that cause the tie. It is the mail that causes the tie. It's not the bitch holding him in. And you grab behind the bulbs and you hold the bulbs in your hand, just like a baseball. You're holding it just like a baseball. That's putting the same pressure the male is used to feeling of being in the bitch. And then you can feel the pulsations. And then you just hold on. You're not 
stimulating. You're not pumping the semen out. You're just mimicking what he would normally be feeling. Now, the male ejaculates in three separate parts. The first part is just some prostatic fluid. So if you miss the first squirt or two, you haven't lost the best-in-show sperm or something. You're just getting a little prostatic fluid. And sometimes that's good because we would be flushing any urine in there. And urine is damaging the sperm. Blood is not. Urine is. Second of all, you see it starting to turn to creamy white, as it should. And that's the sperm fraction. That's the part you want to collect all of. And then how do you know when you're done collecting? Is it by the bottle is filled? Is it your hand is sore and your fingers cramped? No, you stop collecting when you see the prostatic fluid. The third part is prostatic fluid again. That prostatic fluid looks just like water. So when you see it starting to turn to water again, running down inside of your baggie, your baby bottle liner, your collection sheath you have, that's when you know when to quit. There's no more sperm coming. So that's when you're done collecting. Then the male, of course, you want to go ahead and make sure he gets the bulbs as they come down, make sure the penis gets back into the sheath so it's not uncomfortable to him. But again, that's how you do a dog. But the older the dog, the bigger his prostate is. So you're going to get more of that first fraction. So a young dog, you may get two drops of first fraction, then you get this creamy sperm-rich fraction right away. On some older dogs, if you're collecting an old Great Dane, you could get 15, 20 mLs of first fraction before Hmm. you get to the second part. So that's why you're doing it visually. You're not doing it by the clock. You're not doing it by the volume. You're doing it visually. Now, what if you collected, 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 and it looks still like water? Well, then this is where you start being concerned about males because you can have problems in males. Even though it's genetically programmed to a normal male, normal sperm count, we see dogs that have no sperm at all. Right. Well, if there's no sperm, there's only five reasons. Did you get a total ejaculate? It's interesting on collecting a male dog. There's actually two nervous systems involved in the collection of a male dog. The first, the parasympathetic nervous system, causes the erection. So many times you can be there stimulating a male, blowing in his ear, rubbing his thigh, whatever, and you'll get the erection. But then you have to have a total different nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system causes the ejaculation. So sometimes a lot of people call me out of panic. I just collected my dog. There's no sperm. Well, how much did you get? I got two drops, but there's no sperm. Well, you collected him or your veterinarian did it, but the dog's in there. They don't have a bitching season. He's nervous. He thinks he's getting a rabies shot and you're wanting him to give an ejaculate. So sometimes you have to step back and say, is the environment my dog is in conducive to him giving a good ejaculation? So then we look at, if you don't have any sperm, did you get a total ejaculate? Did he shoot it into his bladder? All you do is you collect the urine after he's collected. And some of these dogs at retrograde, it's called shoot the sperm into their bladder. You'll Mm -hmm. see more sperm in the bladder, none in your tube. That's easy to do. We used to say medications to tighten bladder. Next, we do them bitches that leak urine. Three, there are some blockages. You have to be somewhat protective of a dog's testicles. The body forms sperm, but the body recognizes sperm cells as being foreign proteins. So if you have trauma to the testicles, 
some of the old time field trainers used to reprimand them with a good swift kick in the wrong places. But anytime you start doing something, it's going to mix blood and sperm. Then the body can start to form what's called granulation tissue and it make almost like a plug vasectomy. So it is a serious concern if you have a dog who gets his testicles traumatized because these plug vasectomies are almost impossible to cure. The fourth, if a dog with no sperm, are the testicles working? And the number one cause of that is not lack of supplements or something. It's genetics. I see a lot of dogs with the immune system also that removes the sperm from the system, even though the testicles are working. So that's how you start to think about it, even with a dog with a problem. What are the issues? If he has no sperm, he doesn't have an infection. So he's not on antibiotics for 90 days, as people tell me. If you have no sperm, those are the only five causes. In my practice, my technicians who are phenomenal, they look at different problems in a totally different way. A dog with no sperm is different than the dog who has a low sperm count of normal sperm. That dog, you're looking at stress, you're looking at on steroids feeding back to the pituitary. Then the third is if you have sperm, but they're all abnormal, coiled tails, mm-hmm. detached heads. These are ones where you're thinking, maybe I do have a prostate infection. Maybe I do have an immune system situation. Maybe I do have some other type of traumatic incident going on. Maybe it's genetic. So when you have a problem in a male dog, and the common question I get, and I'm sure it's on your list, what supplements do I need to give a male dog? And the answer is, there is nothing. If a male dog is working normally, he doesn't need things. I probably, in all honesty, if I had to market a supplement that would have called Big Stud Makes Female Puppies, I'd probably be doing this from my own tropical island somewhere. Because all, yes, these you would. <laughs> yes, all these vitamin supplements people buy, you know, they all have cutesy names, you know, like that. But a normal working stud dog doesn't need supplements. He's a normal working stud dog. Now, if he's having a problem, then you need a diagnosis. Just as I said, we do three totally different workups. There's not one treatment that suddenly is going to correct all the problems. Right. So. Good working stud dog, you want to keep him lean. Being overweight does have an effect on the testicles. The testicles hang outside the body because they need to be kept cool. So if you get some of these overweight dogs, you start to get fat packing around there, heat them. You have problems. You have to be careful in the heat of summer, the blacktop when it's 90 degrees Mm -hmm. outside. You have to be careful if you're in Minnesota, frostbite in the winter or other Mm -hmm. places that have heavy cold snow and cold temperatures. You have to be careful, you know, do your periodic sperm count so you know if something's taking place, what's going on early. Because I'll tell you, it's a lot earlier to correct something when it's beginning than after it's been going on for two years and you suddenly miss three bitches. Right. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, Hutch. That was amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been part one. We will have parts two and three upcoming in the next couple weeks. Stay tuned. Good Dog is a secure online community that advocates for dog breeders, educates the public, helps informed puppy buyers connect directly with certified good breeders, and promotes responsible dog ownership. 
Good Dog is offering its good breeders special advanced access to the video recordings and transcripts for the full three-part Q&A webinar series with Dr. Hutchinson. All you have to do is sign up as a breeder at gooddog.com slash join. That is g-o-o-d-d-o-g dot com slash join. Or click the link in the show notes.